She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 206, being patient but persistent with your dream. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hello, She Did It Her Way listeners. Welcome back to the She Did It Her Way podcast. I'm so excited for today's interview. It's something a little bit different, something that I haven't done in the past before. And for today's podcast interview, I am actually taking the audio file from a mastermind call that I was invited to be a guest speaker on and letting you guys Tune in and listen to how the entire call went down from start to finish. And this mastermind is a friend of mine. His name is Brandon Adams, and he is putting on an event this December in LA in which I'm speaking at about the power of podcasting. And through that, he invited me to come speak to his mastermind and the people within that group who will also be at the event in LA come December. So in this podcast episode, in this mastermind call, you guys, I'm talking about learning the financial and personal investments needed to start and grow a successful podcast, knowing what programs to invest, who record your podcast, hear different ways to set up your interview schedule, see how to obtain guests, ways to monetize, and ways to streamline your system. And all of that goodness is going down in the podcast episode coming up next. Hey friends, for today's podcast episode, I have partnered with FreshBooks. And before I dive into who and what FreshBooks is and what they do, I want to share how grateful I am for the sponsors of this podcast. Because of them, it allows me to free up my time to focus on content building and serving you guys, my people, my listeners, to help grow your business and create profits in your business. And now, uh, speaking of profits and business... Let's get back to FreshBooks. So you guys have all heard me talk about them, but I've never gotten into the nitty gritty as to why I absolutely love them. So FreshBooks is ridiculously easy accounting software designed with the freelancer or service-based businesses in mind. And it is extremely intuitive and user interface when you log in actually makes you want to hang out for a bit longer versus some other accounting software accounting systems that can be extremely overwhelming. So I use FreshBooks for my contract work and it makes Makes it super easy to create an invoice, follow up, draft an invoice so that I never forget to collect money and create expense reports. Also in FreshBooks, they have this amazing time tracker. So you can not only keep track of your time, but if you use contractors, you can invite them to your team and actually watch and have them keep track of their time. So everything I just shared is from personal experience and it is not from some script. I've actually had interaction. I've used the product and their customer service team is amazing. So if you're in need of a software, accounting software, head on over to freshbooks.com forward slash she and then enter in she did it her way in the how did you hear about us box. So now onto the show. So I think uh, for the people that's going to be on tonight, I believe we are here. Um, so just a quick little intro, and I'll let Amanda jump right into it. So Amanda Bolin was introduced to me, was it by Pete Akers, Amanda? It, it was. Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> this was back in 2015, 
And I shared, was it 2015? Yeah. I shared with Amanda my vision for Young Entrepreneur Convention. And she ended up, well, being a big part for bringing that to life. And she somehow was able to put up with me <laughs> during that process of working together. She survived, bringing in speakers and everything else. But uh, Amanda is quite the journey. I mean, she worked in corporate for a while. She ended up leaving and becoming a consultant and working with some big companies and traveling the country and, and world as sometimes I think. Um, and uh, she ended up starting a podcast show called She Did It Her Way, which Forbes named it, I don't know, his top 10 massive podcast show where she brings on some of the most badass women of our time. And uh, she's killing it with that podcast show. So I, I wanted her to come on to share a journey of basically leaving the corporate world. Um, Christina just left. Who's on the call today? She literally just left Yay! corporate. And she's jumping <laughs> Such in. Full, like an oh shit moment. <laughs> jumping oh, yeah. in full time, and she's uh, definitely ready for that. And uh, and yeah, just share your journey, Amanda, on just how it led you to the podcasting world, and and some knowledge drops on uh, just your experiences with working with different companies. And then I know Mandy for sure is going to be asking, and even uh, Nicole about podcasting because Mandy. We were just on a call earlier. She's going to launch a podcast show in four weeks. Nice. And, and uh, Nicole is working on a potential documentary. Uh, actually, Jason and them who aren't on the call are working on pitching for her to have her own documentary, like recorded and everything professionally. Um, oh, my gosh. I know. Her life is amazing. Crazy story. Um, <laughs> but she's looking to do podcasts as well. So I will let you take it from here, Amanda. Yeah. Go well, thank it. you. I appreciate it. And I, I feel like a newbie or God, I hate being that person, but I, for the life of me, cannot figure out how to undo my, my video so that you guys can see my face. Um, before we get started, any, any pointers, I'm like clicking start video and it's not coming up. Huh? Maybe leave and come back. Sometimes like the setting gets weird. Okay. I'm going to do that really quick. Give me one second guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. We can't hear you, Brandon. <laughs> You're on mute. Everybody remember to post Rob this week. Rob, tomorrow I'm going to post your video. Yeah. Yes. Rob, Rob. Share it out. Give, right sharing back. is caring. Thank you. <laughs> oh, still not. Amanda, are you on a desktop? Hey, Brandon. Yeah. Can you, I think the link that you sent me, I don't know if it makes a difference, but I think it just is the, like the call portion and not actually any of the video. Oh, so what I'll do is I'll send you a new link right now. Okay, perfect. Thanks. There, I'll send it to your email. Perfect. Thanks. My bad. I can't believe it's October. Oh my, I can't believe it either. <laughs> I'm stressed and I got a girlfriend's wedding. I'm the maid of honor and she's total bridezilla. Oh, and it goodness. starts, yeah, the wedding's not even till Saturday and tomorrow we're like we're going like, full force with everything. So I'm like tearing my hair out, trying to get my like stuff done before. It's like an hour commute one way from my house. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like, how is it already the wedding? Can't we just like go back? <laughs> I'm not ready. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get married after watching all this fun. <laughs> no. 
That's what Brandon no. thought. <laughs> now until I'm like 80, then that's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have no idea. This has never happened and I've used Zoom before and it's- Are you on your computer? Yeah. This is so weird. I've used Zoom before, but it has my start video X'd out. Huh. Oh, I don't so know. I why. don't know. Um, looks, looks like we just get to hear your podcast voice tonight. Okay. All right. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you, Brandon. I'm super excited to be here and um, always admire the things that you do and going 90 miles an hour because I don't know how you find time to sleep. But all that to say, a high level of my journey and feel free to stop at any time. But um, when I graduated, I graduated from Iowa in 2010. I worked in retail at Target in West Des Moines, Iowa for about a year. And it was during that time in that year that it was that conflicting, like, do I stay or do I go? And just make sure. So Christina, you've quit your job. And then Rob and Nicole, you guys, Nicole, you've quit your job at this point as well. Or are you still there? Yeah, no, I quit three months ago now. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. And then Rob, are you still a full time or did you quit? I tried to quit and now I'm part time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. I think. I, and yeah, part two. And you know, sometimes I look at like when I quit Target, I quit Target in 2011. So I started in May, I graduated college in May 2010, started at Target in June 2010, worked there for a year. And it wasn't time for me to go out completely on my own. For whatever reason, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but it just the stars didn't align. And so I took I, I call it a bridge job. I actually started working, I quit Target and started working at Wells Fargo, which I wasn't employed by Wells Fargo. I was employed through a third party agency. And so a lot of times people say, oh my gosh, you quit your job and you started going out on your own. And it's like, well, actually the real big jump for me was going from Target to Wells Fargo through a third party agency because I left Target having made a significant amount of money for a 23 year old at the time living in Des Moines, Iowa. And I left having no benefits no PTO, no retirement, nothing except the stuff that I was putting towards that. And it was dirt, but dirt, I find that the universe does these really cool and hilarious things at the same time, but they really, it challenges you is there, ha there were a few opportunities for me to stay on longer at target just for one more month. And I would have gotten some perks and financial perks. But at that time, it's like, you make that decision. You're just ready to move on with your life, whether it's quitting a job or making a move in your business and pivoting you actually take that leap, you go to that bridge job. So then I stayed, um, I met, I was at a conference called Succeed Faster between Target and Wells Fargo. And it was at that conference that then led me to where I ended up after Wells Fargo. So I worked at Wells Fargo for about eight months. And during that time, I'd been networking with this guy, Chad, who has a business where he does sales training, leadership development, employee engagement inside companies. And his whole business model is hiring 1099 independent contractors. And he spoke at that event in 2011. And that was when I said, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to go travel the, the country and the globe doing these types of things. And so in May of 2012 is when he like called me up and said, Hey, I got this opportunity for you. Do you want to seat at the table? It's with AT&T doing sales training. I said, sure. A week later, I like I had booked my ticket and a week later I had left Wells Fargo and started working at or started working on the AT&T project. And then through that, because you're because I was working with so many other independent contractors, 
projects just started to come. Uh, I started working with like JP Morgan. I had some projects working with Weight Watchers and a lot of it was just behavior change. And that was something that I really believed in. Cause I think in order for us to actually move and get to where we want to go, we have to break down the behaviors and say, what is, what is the behavior that I'm doing? That's going to lead me to where I want to go. And I did that for a while and through the Wells Fargo or the, excuse me, the Weight Watchers project. Um, I had met a gal who introduced me to this staffing company that does high level technical staffing for large tech companies such as Intel. And that's where I really found myself doing a lot of tech shows and marketing, branding, messaging, learning the technology and sharing it and qualifying it. So it's more of a, it's a marketing and sales role combined. And then through that, I've gotten to also travel the world. I've gone to Barcelona. I've gotten to go to Asia. I've gone just all over. So it's been really cool ever since saying yes to what it is that I wanted to do and taking that risk and taking that leap. And then back in 2015 in January when was when I officially launched um, She Did It Her Way podcast, which came out of a selfish need, which I think in entrepreneurship, a lot of times we find hurdles and pain points that really frustrate us and then we want to solve them. And so for me, I loved podcasts, but I couldn't find any podcast that was speaking to the female journey. And in that fashion, I just went about asking my friend who had a successful podcast at the time, how he did it. And he really helped me get, she did it her way off the ground. And when we first launched, there were actually three of us gals and, um, but the other two have since moved on about nine months in. And so since then I've been running it 100% myself. Very recently, I've brought on a couple contractors that have helped me be able to outsource a lot of things so that then it's the whole outsourcing process of entrepreneurship that how can you figure out what are the things that you're doing on a daily basis that are repetitive that then can be outsourced by other people and what are the things that you need to be doing that you can't necessarily outsource and then also generating revenue at the same time so that you can pay someone to outsource while moving it forward. So, and then, yeah, here we are. I'm in Orlando, Florida, which Brandon, you're not here. But um, it's hot here. I don't know how you live here. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I came back to Iowa. <laughs> nice, nice. So yeah, I mean that that's the story. I'm gonna pause there. If you guys have any specific questions regarding that, or if there's something like knowing the background with the podcast, if you really want me to dive into it, I think I would feel more comfortable getting that feedback from you right now versus just spewing unless you want me to spew because I want to make sure it's valuable for you guys. Anybody have questions because I could ask all day. <laughs> um, Go Nicole. Yeah. I always yeah. have questions. I so, love it. <laughs> so when you decided to launch your podcast, did you make an, that another leap again? Then, okay, I'm going to leave Wells Fargo now or leave that kind of work you were doing. Can, I guess maybe I missed the transition. How did you, I guess, make that decision financially and be like, okay, I'm doing this. Did you save up and kind of have a net safety net? Yeah, I, it's a great question. I mean, in, in regards going back to when I, when I quit, my corporate, I did not do it in a way in which I would recommend other people to do it. I would, I like with my listeners and people that I talk about at that time when I was 24 and I took that leap of faith, it didn't, to me, I was like so miserable and given the fact that I had low risk. I mean, I still had student loans and I had to put food in my belly and a, and a roof over my head. I kind of just said to myself, okay, I can go work somewhere else if this doesn't work out. With the podcast per se, podcasting, if, if you I'm not sure how much you guys know about podcasting, but it's a pretty low investment 
it's a low financial investment, but it can be very time consuming, especially in the beginning, because you're still trying to figure out what's your process. How do you do it? Learning the tech, learning copywriting, learning, you know, what is your process? What is your podcasting host website? How do you get that? So there's a heavy upfront investment of time, but once you start solidifying the processes and what you're doing every weekend and week out and really get that down to what does your content look like? Who are you interviewing? What are you doing the interviews? How are you, what's your process around everything? Um, that really helped me. But from, I mean, Brandon, you can speak to this too. Just sorry. And so Laura, you, I mean, like starting a podcast is a low financial investment. It just takes time to really get so much time. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, when I first launched it, it was taking me like 20 some hours a week for two, two, two shows a week. And it just, it was my life. And especially for lining everything up. So time is more than anything. I mean, I did spend a little more. I think I spent with mics and everything, probably a thousand bucks um, on that stuff. But uh, yeah, you could, you'd start with hardly anything, like 150 bucks. Yeah. And I like, <clears throat> I don't believe, I mean, sure. If you have a Yeti, a Yeti is, I mean, if you get the, the blue Yeti, it's about a $180, $100 80 investment. But that's the thing. I think a lot of people think that podcasting is this massive, I call it pole vaulting over mouse turds. So we build it to be this big, massive thing. When in reality, podcasting to get started is actually really easy. And you don't necessarily need the expensive equipment. I mean, I, there's times when I do podcasts and I have the ability to use the Yeti, but I just simply stay on my headphones and it's the same audio quality. So it doesn't have to be this massive, robust thing, especially in the beginning when you're getting started. Right. And so I decided, what was this, probably a month and a half, maybe two months ago, Brandon, that I was going to do a podcast. So I joined the mastermind, completely lost. I just didn't know my direction, my next step. And the documentary kind of came up unexpectedly, which is amazing and awesome. So we were just in Iowa at the last um, get together and Jason kind of presented it, excuse me, presented that. And now it's actually rolling and I should know a decision by the end of the month. So I put my podcast idea on hold, but it's going to be a little unique. Maybe it'd be a better time if we talked about it later, but basically I'm going to go to every single state. So all 50 states and interview somebody in foster care. So I know mine's going to be a little more unique, but that's why I'm asking those questions. I'm like, what does that look like? Or I guess I didn't even think of some of that, but yeah. That's amazing. And even too, the, when you're doing the, the video footage, you could just strip it and take the audio and recreate, repurpose the content into podcasting interviews so that you're not having to spend additional time to do other interviews. Just take, take the content that you have, strip it of just the audio piece. Or I mean, you can put it up on YouTube and then you take the audio and then put it up on podcasting. So you don't have to do rework or anything like that, except just taking the audio file. Cause you already have it, the content. Right. I like that. I know I was thinking, I'm like, okay, so is that going to look like a podcast interview? But I kind of like that. So I talked to Brian and I'm like, I'm going to do this big thing. I want to make a show out of it too. So yeah. We'll get a yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. I just, yeah, yeah I'm just kind of waiting to see what will happen before I'm like, okay, I'm launching this date and all that fun stuff. While yeah. we're on, we're on, while we're on the podcasting, uh, Mandy, do you have any questions on podcasting? Because that's literally what you're deep diving into right now. 
I do. I was going to ask a lot of questions around, thanks for bringing that up, Brandon, around um, starting it and launching it, getting the, the focus and narrowing the niche, and then diving into even lining up and, and just the journey of the beginning. So the launch story, if you will. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about what, um, Mandy, what you're thinking of potentially doing, just so I can wrap my brain around. Yeah, so it's around abundant thinking, generosity, and interviewing different thought leaders out there around what they're doing to incorporate generosity or a spirit of giving into their business, into their lives, and having that be their come from and contribution. So it'd be interviewing different thought leaders young leaders so that it's inspiring them inside of a greater space of generosity and giving and then also uh different nonprofits and their causes and missions mm -hmm. so i always i think in the and then and that's awesome too so i would recommend gosh i can send you guys some stuff too there's if you like you have a pretty succinct idea of what it is that you obviously want to talk about the biggest thing in the beginning is getting enough interviews in the pipeline so if you plan on releasing one episode a week i would try to hit a goal of getting six to eight interviews completed before you do anything else because once you the biggest thing is the the bottleneck because things will get busy, things will pop up, people will cancel, people will reschedule. And your biggest asset is the content and the interviews. So before you do anything, I would reach out to people who you would want to bring on the show, send them a little blurb, know how you're gonna record it, and then just record it. And then that would be the first thing. And I can, I'm gonna Google, um, I'm gonna give me a second on YouTube because this gal, Megan Minns, who is, her brain is amazing and how she organizes everything that she does, but she, do you guys work in a sauna? Uh, that's, I know a sauna. I don't work in a sauna. No, we use, so Slack. You guys use trout. Okay. Well, so, um, let's see where, here it is. I use Slack to communicate, but then in terms of like, I have pause that in terms of, um, project management and podcast production, I use Asana. And so Megan Minns, like I had an entire thing broken out in Asana and I was like, okay, this is great. Megan Minns, this YouTube video that I just put in that chat has revolutionized everything that I've done and has broke it down into a process in a way that then you assign tasks, you break down the tasks and then you assign it and you can create templates, but you have to watch that video because it has saved and it has shaved and saved like hours to not only my time, but then my like assistant or virtual assistant and then the, the podcast producer's time so that they don't have to, I mean, it's so streamlined and simplified. And then I know exactly when they're completing it and doing it. But going back to like the first steps is making sure, figuring out how you're gonna record the audio, which some people use, I use um, Ecamm plus Skype because Ecamm is a plugin for Skype, but then other people use Zencaster, which I think JLD uses Zencaster. So it's all about like what you want for you. Zencaster is a monthly fee, um, Ecamm, not exam. I use and Zoom. You Or Zoom, yeah, you can use Zoom. Um, Ecamm, I think was 
20 or $30 and you just pay it for one time. And then you just record it, it downloads it into an MP3 file. And that's all you have to do is say like, Hey, meet me on Skype at 7 PM. Great. Record it, get six of those in the batch and then think about the next step. And again, I can send over and Brandon can send it out to you guys. Cause I did this with a few other people who were starting podcasts of like, dude, these are the first 10 things you should do when you're starting a podcast to help you get started. Cause I think the, the beginning is like, Oh my gosh, this is such a huge task. Like, where do I even begin? Yeah, the <clears throat> definitely at the beginning it is one thing Mandy has going for is she's actually working with us so we can like help her with oh, everything right. along the way yeah. with it. But um, what for you, how often are you like batching your work? Like what's your interview schedule look like, Amanda? Are you doing like JLD does 15 in a day or or like how's how's that structure? How do you best utilize your time yeah. or, or batch it? Yeah, I would definitely, I, in the beginning I used to do, I always use a, like a, a calendar scheduling tool. I use Acuity and even in the beginning, I left my schedule wide open. I'm like, oh, I want to be open for everyone and, you know, be like, I was accommodating my schedule around them. And in the beginning you might need to do that. But what I've learned along the way is for me now, I pick two days a month that are designated interview days. And so I set up the Acuity for that. And then that reason, like I know ahead how many interviews I'm doing so that I can then go back into my spreadsheet and assign a launch date for that person after they have made the interview and have scheduled the interview. I then go into the Google doc to then record and give and assign them a, a launch date for that. So I do it two days. I'll bust out eight in a day. I don't like to do more than eight. Actually, eight is probably a little exhausting. If JLD does 15, I have no idea how he does it because I'm like cashed after seven or eight. And for me, like I hit that threshold where if I go past that, then the quality of the content goes down because I don't have the stamina to maintain it. And for me, that's why I just do two days a month and make sure that I can get ahead. And sometimes if I have to do three, I'll do three, given if my travel schedule and whatnot, but batching, if you can do it, is a time saver as well. And plus you save energy because I was going in and out of interviews. Like I would do two on Tuesday morning and then I would do one on Wednesday morning and one in the afternoon. And you kind of, it takes energy to build yourself up to get in the right mindset. And to be able to like get prepared for that interview. How do you, how did you starting out, how did you get the guests you did on your show? Like what was your process of trying to get the big names on your show and getting them convinced to come on? And how, even now, like how to get people, I mean, it helps now that you have a lot of exposure and recognition, but what's your strategy on getting the guests? One is ask. <laughs> Sometimes we just don't ask because we've already talked ourselves out of it. Two is persistence and follow up if they say now is not a good time or this doesn't fit. And three is to leverage a referral network. So if you know someone that if if you know someone who knows the person that you want to get on the podcast, then let then tell them and ask if you can get an introduction. But most of the time I don't find it a different, it's not a hurdle to find people to come on the podcast. Like there's more than enough people that want to speak and come on someone's podcast and share and share their, their intellectual property and what they know. And so like in the beginning, I found it easy 
just to ask people and people love to be able to share what they have and what they know. And it becomes a really great networking tool as well. And to become like positioned as a thought leader within the industry that you're in. Very true. Very true. It's, it's powerful, the influence it has and connecting, making relationships, and then obviously building an audience. So how have you, Amanda, leveraged your podcast show to, to make money from it? Monetization? Yeah. I mean, we, I say like podcasting, the first step for us was coming through in sponsorships through on the podcast. And also when you accept partners and sponsorships, not just accepting anyone and everyone because they're going to pay you money. Some people might say in the beginning that you need to do that. Others, I mean, I, I would prefer my personal take is, is that if it's to use discretion and if you can avoid just taking sponsors for the sake of getting money, I would do that just to maintain a brand equity. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing, we are doing our first in-person uh, She Did Her Way Summit that is teaching the basics of building a business this, oh gosh, it's October. I was thinking it was September for a second. Um, October 21st is in Chicago. I'm super excited. Oh, wow. And so that, yeah, that's when <laughs> we're- soon. I know it's crazy, but then going through that and like testing it. So doing the in-person and then we've had a lot of people reach out and they're like, we can't make, the, I can't make the in-person. Like, are you going to do a virtual one? So then now my thought is, okay, in February, like how do I ramp up for a virtual summit for she did her way to be able to offer that we do monthly building business breakfast in Chicago. Um, I'm going to start repurposing content and packaging it in a way that just simplifies it. So especially hitting the sweet spot about taking that leap and going out and leaving your corporate job or starting your company and then taking the leap once you've gotten it to a place where you feel really good about it. Um, I mean, there's so many things that you can do like Brandon, you're obviously doing um, your masterminds and doing things like that as well. And so there's just plenty of things that you can do. I think the biggest thing is I started out building, like I launched a podcast to build a brand where some people have, have had a blog as their brand and now they pivot to a podcast. And I think whatever you do, things take time to really hit that point where they start building and it's being patient and persistent at the same time. Because I think there, it's so easy to jump ship on whatever we want to do because maybe we're not seeing results, even though it's like the question is, is yeah, the waves if you look at an ocean might not be doing a whole lot, but what's the underlying current. And that's what most people don't see, but it's still like there's a current moving in the direction that you want it to do because you're doing the activities that you want to get you somewhere. What has been, I love podcasting. Um, <laughs> what, what has been the biggest like deal that you've made or just opportunity that has come just from your podcast show? Oh gosh, biggest deal or opportunity. Just from a connection you made on a show or how it led to some kind of maybe corporate gig or whatever it may be. Oh, well, let's see. I gotta, I'm going to go back to my website just to go back in the archives. I mean, I don't, I think it was pretty cool. Like we're a first year in for podcasting and we we're named on Forbes, like top 100 sites for uh, entrepreneurs, which was awesome. I've gotten to, again, it just goes back to like the networking piece of being introduced to other people, um, being able to like sat down with Forbes Riley, which came from you, Brandon, which was awesome. Yeah, she's um, amazing. I also think like, I mean, just the ability to connect with people all around the world. Like I had a gal 
who was in, in Tel Aviv, like email me and tell me that she's like, I love your podcast. I love the interviews or this gal from South Korea wanted to come to the, the summit, but couldn't make it because she was in South Korea, obviously. And so being able to build that community that then positions you in a way like I don't, it's some, I mean, the podcast is, a, it's, it's like amazing. And maybe I like, maybe it's that, uh, what is it? It's, it's imposter syndrome, but I just, I don't, I think of like safe, same focus on the value that it's producing for people and then just produce really good content is what's going to help grow your podcast and open doors and connect you with other people and people that you want to be connected with. Like Megan Mins, I loved following her on YouTube and it was great to be like, Hey, I love your content. Like, can you come on the show and share it? And she's like, yeah, that's great. Like again, my, oh, well, I take that back. My biggest fangirl moment. If you guys read, um, you are a badass by Jen Sincero. What? No, you guys got to read it. And so it's like, New York Times bestseller. She sold over like millions of copies and I got connected to her and she came on the show and I, that was probably the most nervous I've ever been. Like she, yeah. Game changer. That was, that was definitely a fangirl moment, but it was because I had brought this woman on the show and sometimes you just never know what it leads to, but she was sharing how she knew Jen Sincero. And I was like, wait a second, what? Like I need a connection. And that was, it was just really cool. Like you never know what's going to happen and you never get what you don't ask for. Amen to that. You have to ask. So many people are afraid to ask and the persistence is key too. I mean, everybody's busy and now I'm starting two years ago is different. I was the one that was so persistent with people. And I still am, but now it's like switching gears. People that reach out to me all the time. I, sometimes I don't answer until like the fifth email. So being persistent, follow up and, you know, one thing too that I see is people do a reminder on a certain day to, yep. to reach out again, reach out yep. again. That's what I did with Mimi Icon. If you, I don't know if you guys know, like five minute journal, um, her and Alex, they live in, in London. She has an amazing story, but they're like, Oh, Mimi's not accepting anything at this time. And I'm like, well, okay, great. When, when's a good time to reach back out and you put it in the calendar and then you follow back up, but back to like not being afraid to ask we, it's funny, like we want to ask for something and then this like doubt will come in and it'll cause us to feel this, like not confident to be able to take action. And then therefore like it, we just talk ourselves out of it when in reality, like who cares? Just don't associate your emotions with the outcome. And every single day, like when I'm working with Intel and like going up to people and engaging them and saying like, Hey, you know, like, tell me a little bit about what you do and trying to get them to stop. Like there's people that just walk right by me and I'm like, well, okay, whatever on to the next. And you just get it. You like remove the emotion to it and you become more confident and you just don't even think about the experience as much as you like think about what, I mean, you just go for it. Share, share a little bit, Amanda, when you are get hired to go into these companies, share about what you do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yes, definitely different. Um, I knew in the beginning, a lot of it would be, um, facilitating training, which was high interactive could have been around sales training, employee engagement, but you're really looking at like an employee engagement training, maybe it would be like a three day training. And I'd go in with another peer of mine and it would be eight hours each single day. But a lot of it is getting people up on their feet, getting them to reflect, to write things down, following the book, 
Um, they're like guide, asking them questions, helping them connect with other people in their organization to really break down the barriers of miscommunication and help them understand like, what is it that you're really passionate about, but what are you really good at? What's your attitude look like? How can you improve? What are ways that you want to improve? So facilitating that self-development, if you guys are like all about self-help, that's basically what you could imagine is those sessions were self-help sessions for organizations to help drive employee engagement. And then when I do trade shows, a lot of times it's working with like Intel, for example, and learning their technology and it's either getting up on a mic and continuing to share the story and the key messaging of Intel and whatever it is for that technology. Like earlier this year for the Consumer Electronics Show and Mobile World Congress, I was, I was given the opportunity to speak on behalf of Intel for autonomous driving technology and platform. And I mean, it was cool. Like through these experiences, I met um, Paul, Paul Allen, the co-founder of Microsoft, actually, I didn't even know that was Paul Allen at the time until he walked away. And then one of the executives is like, you know who that is? And I was like, no, I have no clue. So like met Paul Allen. I've met the president of like, of uh, Office Depot. I've met the SVP of um, Staples. So like just through these experiences, I've been able to be exposed and, and learn new things and then be exposed to other people and just different industries, especially in tech, which I find is always evolving. But so what what would be, so you go and work with these companies. What is the common thing that you find where people are lacking in the corporate atmosphere? Like what is holding them back from their full potential? What are the obstacles that you see in these businesses? Especially like employee engagement, it's attitude. I mean, in what way? Attitude is a completely a choice and everything that we, I mean, it's never about other people. It's always about us as the individual in the story and attitude, meaning people are upset because maybe they didn't get a job or they didn't get a raise or they didn't, someone made a comment or they didn't get a budget approved. And like at the end of the day, it's like, you can choose how you respond to a situation and you can either choose that the glass is half full or half empty. And I just like learned like a lot of people are ultimately choose to be angry about something and to be disgusted about it. When in reality, it's like, how can you empower these people and help them change the way they look at things? So the things that they look at change. And I always say that to myself all the time, even in my own life, whether you're an entrepreneurship or corporate America, like if there's something you're frustrated with, what is it? Like, how can you change the way you look at it? So that the thing you're looking at changes that if you're this engaged and you want to be engaged how do you become inspired and how do you change the story in order to get it to a place where then you can start taking action on what needs to get done like i say story i mean everybody has the story that they tell themselves and the attitude that they they take or they play the victim yes oh my gosh so many people play victim especially in corporate and that's i mean when i work there especially in management it's it's all about their story what they are not getting and you got to listen and and try to see their side of things and and cater to it but victimization everybody plays victim well and that i mean as an entrepreneur you cannot and i say this from personal experience is that if you want to excel, you cannot excel having the mindset of a victim. I mean, I played the victim a fair amount. Like I didn't realize I was doing it, but like 
an easy example was, oh, I have all this student loan debt and it's holding me back and, you know, so-and-so doesn't have any and like financial was always like a really big thing that I would play victim to given the way that I was raised. And then you start uncovering and unpacking and realizing that like whatever thing that you feel bad for, it's like, if it doesn't matter if you want to grow and you want to kick ass in life, then you need to learn how to let go of that and work through it. And it's not as simple of like, Oh, just get over it. It's a, what do you need to uncover it and work through in order to understand where it comes from, get to the subconscious of it and, and work through it so that you can let it go and realize like abundance is around you everywhere. And so like for now, when it comes to money, I don't say I need to go create money. I say I need to go find it because it's there. It's always there. It's just a matter of finding it. And like, once you get to that place and you like, you stop comparing yourself to, Oh, my situation to someone else's because you realize it's not worth your time or energy. And that is a whole other journey in and of itself. Yeah. Comparing is a big thing. Like everybody wants to compare and just like I share quickly on something because I, so many people get caught up in numbers too. You look at influencers or people that got millions of followers or maybe they got more listeners or whatever they have more of. And I was, I got on the top 20, uh, 25 list of influencers of 2017 and one person commented, how do they judge this? Because they said, Brandon, you don't have that many Facebook followers, which is good. I wrote a whole post on it. And I, the moral stories, I said, I had like 20,000 Facebook. I had like 3000 Twitter, 2,900 Instagram. It wasn't huge, but I said, it only takes a few people to influence, to, to get to your goals. You only have to influence the right people. Mm -hmm. You only have to be seen by the right people and get the right people. The people that you want to get in connection with, have them on your radar or be on their radar. Because you don't have to have the whole world. It's just that niche. You have these niche celebrities that in their world, everybody knows them. And not in that world, nobody knows them. So just be known by the people that need to know you. And, right. and not so much, you don't have to have huge numbers. I mean, it's good, but are they the right numbers? Are they the right followers? Are they the right people that will buy your product and support? It's like Russell Brunson, I think, says you only need a thousand loyal fans, real mm -hmm. raving fans to create a seven figure business. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that too. And it, I mean, it's like, it's sales, right? Like instead of just throwing anything and everything against the wall, like really identify where's my target market, where are they hanging out with? And then how do you connect with them? And like, at the end of the day, it doesn't, I mean, it's, I know it's hard to not want to compare yourself about what your social media and your influence and everything looks like. But the biggest thing that you do have control over is your email list versus like, if you go onto Facebook or you go into Instagram, it's all algorithm driven. You don't actually own the content. So one thing to focus on would be the email list to really do that, um, to focus on that. But that, that's so funny that they would, that someone commented on that. I oh, that's another thing. Like haters are going to hate, not to say that this person was a hater, but people like you get to this this conscious level that you're like, Oh, I get it. Okay. Like people hate because again, when we're not as individuals and I'm, you know, I'm no fault, like not, um, I'm not, uh, I don't even know what to say. Like I'm, I'm still like part of this because I'm human is you, 
our insecurities get projected out on the people around us, our spouses or best friends, like whatever it is that we complain about, that we're insecure, that we're moaning about, and that we project on other people that we get frustrated about them with is really back to our own insecurity. It always is. Yeah. And it's like, that's when the hating comes out because we're just not in a good space. But when you can get to a space, you realize like, oh, okay. Like there's no point in hating like that. Like I'm just, you stay in your lane and you focus on what you're going to do and focus with the followers and the engagement that you have with them. Instead of worrying about getting 10 or instead of worrying about getting the next thousand followers, take care of the people that are currently engaging with you and then it'll naturally grow and it'll grow with the right intention not for the sake of oh i want a thousand more followers yeah it's just the right followers you were talking about email lists how how have you built your email list up that has been through right now to be i'll be 100 frank honest that is a goal in the last quarter for this year is to revamp to go through and what I've learned through people that I have been taking like free webinar content from is doing webinars, making sure you have the lead gen that people are going to get something when they sign up for your email list. Make sure that it's easy, like adding a pop-up box on your website, getting that in. Um, and it, it wasn't until like three couple months ago that I was like, oh, no, no, no email is really serious, especially after Instagram was changing the algorithms. It doesn't, again, it goes back. It doesn't matter how many followers you have necessarily, because if you don't own technically the content or the, the underlying algorithm, then it's pretty hard to control what it is, like how you're getting your message out. But if you can build up your email list, then you have ultimate control over that. How, how often are you sending to your email list? Typically once a week. I actually, I did, I did, um, I was sending it every episode and then i was sending it every episode a recap and a blog post that went to four and then i noticed a drop and people were getting off and i was like okay that's probably too much so hmm. um, yeah figuring that out but again i mean there's a whole robust like you can get into funnels i don't know about like I, are you doing split testing or do you have any sort of like specific funnels for each type of endeavor that you do at this point brandon we man talk about funnels Depending on what projects you're talking about. Um, right. Yeah, no, we're, we're doing a few different funnels. I, I'm thinking about like the, the Think and Grow Rich one we have made right now that we're doing for the page. We're getting a lot of traction, but I wouldn't say um, anything specific that comes to mind. I'm just curious because we do the fun day, the Friday fun day newsletter. Yeah. And, and we put that out every Friday and we basically give an update what's going on, but also in that our past guests from the show will be in there. So it's a little different structure. And then yeah. every once in a while we'll send to the list, but I, we don't do, it's mainly once a week. Every once in a while we'll do twice a week. Uh, but it's not like a lot. It's not JLD yeah. every day. Oh my God. No. I mean, I found that like people resonated with the Friday recap that would have like the blog post that would have the two episodes and then any other sort of like reminder that you wanted to send out. Um, I have seen people, so this is something that is that we're gonna do in 2018, like based on the personas, now that I have a really very good idea of exactly the journey and the persona that I'm targeting, people can set up different funnels um, based on whatever they click. So then you're at least yeah. speaking to it. So they're getting something, they're, it's like a drip campaign. So you'll get 
maybe like two emails the first week from the drip campaign and then you'll get one email two weeks after and then it'll kind of go off but then at least then you get put in the everyday friday email yeah yeah that's that's like a whole nother thing going in the different yeah like, goes in that you direction have someone speaking on email marketing at the <clears throat> left to grind uh i have uh akbar <clears throat> who speaks on fun he's part of the two comma club and i just realized michael devlin who's also speaking He's mm -hmm. also a part of the two comic club. He just hit it. He's does a lot of Amazon stuff, but um, Akbar could talk about it all day. Right. I mean, he knows the whole psychology behind everything. Um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's cool to see what you can do with an email list or email marketing. And you're right. I mean, you own that content. Facebook could shut off at any time. They could take that from you. Instagram, like that's controlled by them. And if you guys notice too, like Facebook controls your views. Yep. I, I could do posts all day and I'm very rarely anymore. Will I get, uh, my personal's got with followers and, and friends like 8,000 and I very rarely get over four or 500 views and I'm giving good content and people, five people might share it so they kind of control it. Um, but, uh, Amanda, you want to just touch on, so you got your event coming up, like talk about the, what it's been like putting it together. And, and I mean, definitely for, for working with us for young entrepreneur convention, just some of the experiences, because if, if somebody would want to put on their own event or just orchestrating to make it happen, which we both know it's a lot of work, oh my gosh. um, yeah. just share some of your insight because when you worked with us, I mean, you did like the, the back end orchestrating for the speakers, a lot of stuff that, for one, I just, I did not want to do. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do clearly, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just share your experience in that. Yeah, I definitely, um, it's a lot more work when you're doing it solo than like when we did the YEC because we had Clayton who was doing all social media. We had Andrew doing all the graphics, the website, you were doing all the sponsorship, bringing in. And then I was making sure like kind of the maestro behind the scenes, making sure everything was gelling. Then doing this on my own has been, I mean, it's been a great experience. We sold, we didn't reach the number. I wanted to get at least 50. I mean, tickets are still on sale, but we went to an early bird um, that ended on August 1st. And so, but we sold about over probably about 60 5% of the tickets in early bird, which I thought for a first event was pretty great. And especially the ticket price was still 197. Um, organizing, like getting people, I don't, I mean, it's a mix. Like if you, for me, the whole goal with this event was to look at it as a pilot and to say like, I just want to, I, to me, I'm like, especially in entrepreneurship, we're living in a testing environment always. And so I wanted to test what would the reaction be if I did this really intimate event and brought speakers and made it really specific towards, okay, you want to launch your event or you want to launch your business or you're within the first year, here are the very concrete, um, concrete things that you need to know when you start a business from pricing your services to how to sell to your first, how to get your first customer to what is your sweet spot, to understanding how to keep track of your accounting, what sort of entities you should be in, all these things that basically were the questions that I would receive through the podcast. And I was like, okay, let's do an in-person event. And um, I mean, 
it's a, yeah, it's, it's been a great thing. And I feel like it's been the right thing to move towards, but definitely staying organized. I have a virtual assistant that's helped out with a lot of different things. And that has been really crucial. Uh, I also had a really, I mean, I knew all the coaches and speakers that I brought on. Um, so it was really easy to work with from that going through and like knowing I had personally vetted them and seen them speak. And I know that they deliver high quality content. I could speak to it and just making sure that the event had a clear purpose that it wouldn't be an event for everyone, but it would be an amazing event for the people who needed it. Yeah. I think is a, is a big thing. And like, honestly, like I look back at it and if I would have had a more strategic marketing plan from the beginning, I do believe that I could have sold out the entire 50 tickets, but selling 65% of the tickets with little to no marketing outside of just the podcast and maybe one round of Facebook ads. To me, I was like, I'll take that. How many reach outs did you do personally? Just one-on-ones? Less than five. I will say like the people that had bought tickets, I maybe know five, 10% of them. So but a many, lot of the people that how many come tickets, through, how many people are you allowing in the event? It was open. I mean, it's still open to 50. If you buy a regular GA, which is $400. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's up to 50 right now. We're at about 30 ish, 35. And it's a two day event or what is it? It's a one day with a Friday welcome reception. What are what are you going to focus on then mainly? for the full day or yeah. just the, 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 um, God, I cannot think of the word that I'm trying to use. It's, it's, uh, the stakes. Oh, when you guys, my brain is fried. It's basically, if you want to launch a business and you're thinking about starting one, here are the things, the ducks that you need to get in order. You need to understand what's your sweet spot for product or service. How are you going to price your product or service? Are you building in your cost of goods sold, the time that you're spending? Are you building in the taxes? Are you building in the profit to that number? Um, are you organizing your systems appropriately to set you up and to be able to scale? Are you organizing? Do you understand what can be written off, how to allocate and assign different chart of accounts for yeah. accounting? Are you the right entity? So all those things we're going to walk you through. I mean, it's going to be an intense day, but for me, I'm like, if you're only going to be here from Friday to Sunday or Friday to Saturday night, and you're like, we have people coming in from New York, from yeah. San Francisco and, and yeah. And how did you, how did you get them? Was it mainly, you said Facebook ads and email marketing? No, I honestly like for them, I, what's that? Did you promote on your podcast show? Oh yeah. I did a whole, okay. So I did a whole six part series leading up to the end. Oh, okay. Of the that makes sense. So I did that. And then actually, um, they get surveys sent out to them if they're attending the event so that I know a little bit of information about, okay, what are you looking to get out of this the most? What scares you the most? How can this event be the most impactful for you? So it's a pre-event survey, which yeah. then really helps me guide the conversation when they're there and making sure that they are getting exactly what they need. Along with, we have coaching circles that are happening. It's like an informal lunch. They'll be paired with a coach to be able to get a small intimate group setting to be able to ask questions over lunch based on what they're going through. Um, but in the post survey, because I didn't ask that in the pre-survey, which I thought about this is like, I need to ask like, how did you hear about this? Was yeah. it Eventbrite? Was it the podcast? Like, is there a friend? What did that look like? Because 
that's obviously going to lead me to how to promote the next event. Exactly. It's yeah. your feedback. I did I, do pixels with Facebook ads that I, fi I finally figured that out. And I like, it was so cool once I figured it out and how to do it because then I was scrolling through this article and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's my ad. Like this you're is retargeting. So yeah. Yeah. But so I'll, I'll open up for you guys to ask questions. Um, go. <laughs> what was your uh, biggest challenge when you were initially building your audience there? Yeah, I, I think that one of the biggest challenges was you have to do, I know this sounds trivial, make sure you set up some sort of like social media scheduling tool. We didn't, again, when I started the podcast, it was like a side hobby. It was something that we did one podcast episode a week and I was traveling a ton and, and I didn't really need or desire to build it more than a podcast at the time. But once starting to implement um, social media, pushing that out, numbers went up. That was one. Number two, making sure that the people who do come on your show, like encouraging them and following up with an email to let them know that it went live and politely asking them to share. Not everyone shares, but I can tell you the people that do share and are generous enough to take the time to share downloads go up and then the retention goes up. Um, number three is being patient. Like starting a podcast, if you have no other source of brand equity that's coming in or another product, or like I said in the beginning, like if you don't have a blog and your first initial content generator is a podcast, like it could take 12, 18 months to see like a significant traction. But if you don't start today, then you're just delaying it. Um, another thing too, you can, you can Google this and read about it. I didn't, we didn't do this. This was a mistake we made. Um, making sure you set yourself up for success that you do everything ahead of time prior to launching your podcast that then can get you in the new and noteworthy of iTunes and understanding that algorithm. So if you like, again, having a podcast, setting up a landing page, that's collecting emails that tells, like you say something about what the podcast is coming soon. Here's what we were doing. We are like a thought, generosity, giving back. If you'd like to stay updated, please sign up for this email list. And then making sure you tell people that your family, that you, that's in your network, your family members, your friends, even though they're not in the entrepreneurship space, even though they're not sure exactly what you're doing, send it to them. Don't care what they think. Just do it anyway, because you never know what's going to happen of it. So getting people on the email list so that then when you're ready to go live, after you already have gotten six podcast episodes in the gun or gotten six um, audio files and everything ready to go, then you just batch it, you set it. And once you get the approval from iTunes that you're on it, then you hit those people that you are, that are on your email list, that are part of your Facebook group or Facebook page, whatever it is, and get them hard to like, Hey, can you, can you do an iTunes review? Like those types of things. Cause that will push up your algorithm, which will then help you be seen by more people. Um, yeah, that's, I would say in the beginning, but patience is a big thing because I think we go into it thinking we're going to have like hundreds of thousands of followers immediately. And then we yeah. get depressed or sad if we don't. And it's like, that's not real. Like the reality is, and realistically it's entrepreneurship, just like podcasting, just like anything else. You have to stick with it. You have to make a choice every single day to do it and to not, not waver and not give up. Yeah. They say the 18th what is it? 18 months is like where it starts to snowball. You start really seeing it. I mean, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's like, we had a lot, we've had a lot of organic, 
I mean, shout outs on Forbes, entrepreneur.com, inc.com. And I mean, one of my girlfriends was like, what, how are you doing this? And I'm like, honestly, I think it's just being consistent in the content because I have not, like, I don't, I don't know that person who wrote, who wrote that article. Like I have no yeah. connection to her. And yeah. That's when you know you're doing something when somebody posts something on you and you don't even know them. Yes. What other questions? Christine, I thought you were going to ask one. I, sorry. <laughs> Nothing. She's on mute. Okay. So sorry, I was having trouble. Um, no, nothing right now. It's Amanda. I was just thinking about as you were talking through about kind of leaving because you know for me it's a little bit different in terms of what I'm what I'm looking at doing. Um, you you said you work for Target, and I actually I've been working for several companies that actually develop physical products. Mm. Um, and so my whole niche into this and Brandon and I talked about it because obviously he developed products too, um, was really kind of helping entrepreneurs take their ideas and bring their physical products to life, um, and actually sell them not only through retail, but also Amazon and direct consumer. Uh, so that's kind of, it's an, it's a niche, but, um, just the whole gamut. I have a business partner and between the two of us, we really take a, can take a concept um, to actually building a prototype, to actually getting it into market from packaging, packaging design, to pricing your product profitably and all that. Um, and so I walked away and I think my biggest fear was exactly that. Um, you know, I walked away, I think in measured risk, um, you know, I, I, I made sure I had enough financially to last for a couple of years and, um, really just walked away. So for me, it's really just starting all this right now. I'm just finishing up writing and launching a book um, that's going to be based off the course. And we built two product uh, courses through this. So for me, it's now building an audience and really just getting out there. And that's the biggest, I think, priority for me right now. So do any you advice have, you'd have would be do you great. Have a specific niche when it comes, well, first of all, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank um, you. Yeah. It sounds like you've, you've definitely been busy girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that like do you have a spit does your does the company for the product niche like do you guys have a specific industry niche that you're going towards you know it's it's a very good question um i and it's not more tech it's more just durable products so a lot of the stuff that you would see on shark tank right so i, I i'm laughing because i was telling saba the other day i'm like we're we're gonna we're gonna do this for kids and we're gonna call it the guppy tank, the guppy um, tank. just do do little courses like for for startup <laughs> entrepreneurs so we'll we'll be their pre-shark Shark Tank practice. Um, it, it goes anywhere. It could be fashion. You know, Saab was actually looking at starting a fashion line. It could be um, perfumes. It could be cosmetics. It could be any type of durable products that you would, you know, manufacture and buy. Um, it could be anything. It could be water bottles. Could be, you know. So, it, in terms of the process, the only difference really is the contact in the manufacturing side. Because we have, and, and the great thing about it is we do have a lot of contacts and which is, I think, kind of where our value is on top of everything. Um, it's to find those people that can design your product or sketch it out for you or build a CAD prototype or, you know, anything like that. So it really is about the connections because a lot of entrepreneurs just don't know where to start. And I, I'd be one of them. I think I was like that ahead of, you know, early on in my career. I'm like, well, what the heck would I do if I wanted to launch a product? Well, now I know the entire process to do that. Um, so yeah, so it's really been a niche of, you know, do we, do we focus on females? Do we focus on males? Do we, how do we, you know, where do we kind of set that target market? Yeah, I would, 
I would almost say like figure out a vertical that uh-huh. you can live in and then because yeah. you're mar- right like your marketing your copy is all going to be based on your target market and if it's right. not a specific enough target market it the copy is not going to speak to it, it, it trying to speak not saying you're trying to speak to everyone but I've right. witnessed this not only in myself prior but yep. also other people that want to go so far wide because they don't want to miss anyone that right. You know, in the beginning, it's like fear of missing out on sales. It's the whole FOMO, fear of missing out thing. But sure. I think in terms of longevity, and like Gary Vee says this, like the further you can niche down, the better it's going to be because if you sure. are so niched in what you're doing, you're going to start turning people away that aren't a good fit, but you're going to like take market share on the specific vertical and market that you're going after. Great idea. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I think that's been the struggle is just to kind of figure out how to identify who that niche is. Um, you're right. Cause it's, it is that fear of missing out. You're absolutely right. So I, I guess what we should do is just do a primary target. Here's where we're focused. And then if we want to change the message for a different target later. Yeah. But start. But with- I would just, I would stick with like, get really niched with one, one. of them. Yep. And then stick with that like a year, two years, three years, vet it out and test mm-hmm. it to see before like moving somewhere else. Okay. That just gave me a lot of, yeah. Quite a bit of clarity. I, I told that, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry, Brandon, you were gonna say. Amanda, what was your audience intention when you started your podcast show and what is your who is your audience now? Yeah. Well, when we started, when I started whatever the podcast, it was like, oh, female entrepreneurs, like not really sure who's good, who's the target. And we like swam yeah. in this ocean for so long. And it was partially because like I didn't do enough discovery and understanding and diving into like really looking at the data and saying like, who's listening? Why are they listening? What are you doing? And there's three personas that I have identified in which that's that is going to drive the email content and the drip campaign here. And it's the person who is, um, in their job and is not extremely fulfilled, but they're okay. They're lukewarm. Right. But they might still be seeking out content content. The second, the second phase, second person is someone who is, okay. Um, I absolutely cannot stand it here. Like I need to quit my job. I need to get out. So it's like this natural progression. And then the third one is, is okay. I've made the decision. I'm quitting my job and I'm serious about seeking out content. And then that's when they come to she did it her way because I'm not in the business of convincing people that they need to quit their job or they should, because I don't think entrepreneurship is for everyone. And you have to have that internal drive. And if you don't, that's not good for anyone. Yeah. And so until you make that decision that you're like, okay, it is time and you will know it. Then people start seeking out that information. And so for us at she did it her way, it's how can we hit them at their first inkling of not being satisfied to, okay, now I'm like seriously thinking about this to then, okay, I'm ready to do it. And that is driving all the content as we move into 2018. Now figuring out like, I can already tell even with just the summit alone, like that drove engagement. And it, it just proved to me that like, this is where we need to live. And someone asked me in a podcast interview, they're like, well, don't you want to grow with your audience and everything? And I'm like, yeah, there's a little bit. Yes. And you know, it might change, but right now I need to focus on that specific product and service that I'm offering and who I speak to. And at the, at the end of the day, I, she did it her way might not, be a fit for everyone. It's not going to be a fit for someone who's three or five years into their business. It's a fit for someone who's looking to leave, get out of corporate America, make a plan and take a calculated jump or leap to running their business full time. 
Awesome. Other questions? Nicole? No, she asked her <laughs> question earlier. I always have questions, but... Robbie, Actually, any... a comment oh. for Christina. Have you kind of um, brainstormed avatars yet? Kind of like Amanda was talking. You know, the best part about it is yes, but not enough. And I've got to drill down a bit more. What's so funny about it is when we do the product development, there's an entire portion of the course that talks about your target consumer. Yeah. And your target. <laughs> so I should probably take my own advice. Are we all? No, we're all faulted. <laughs> I think all entrepreneurs need to take their own advice sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's something yeah. that I think that Brandon and I were talking about as we were filming the course and it's one of the, I've kind of struggled with it, but as Amanda was talking, I literally was thinking to myself, you know what, there might be, there is, there's detail here that I can get into. It just gave me ideas. Um, you know, as, and as I'm working with Saba too, that's a whole other thing. I think that's, that's a market to go after. So Saba and I have been brainstorming a little over the weekend. Um, so yeah, so I think that's my next step is finish this book and then definitely start fine-tuning that don't forget about our perfume line oh no no no. well you're now on target market so yeah good <laughs> amanda we're gonna launch a perfume line within the next year or so yeah guys get it, <laughs> yeah. it. rob yes. rob you got a question what are you gonna ask i was just gonna kind of say what as you kind of look at your longer term goals how far out are you looking and, and what does that look like good question yeah, I I go back and forth. I mean, I know that for me, it's my goal is to have the she did or her way business. It's a seven figure business, and it's offering up monthly resources, webinars, content, podcasting. But when I break it down, and I like, I'm looking out for 2018, and 2018 is a theme. It's not about like, oh, I want to be a six-figure income, what have you. Like, that's not the end. Like, yes, financial is a goal, and I'll get to that in a minute. But for me, is like, it, 2018 is all about streamlining. And I think as you move into years of the business, you start to realize like, what is most important to you, and how do you want to do that? But um, I like to look at it, and oh, I wish I could show you guys the video. I buy one of those like entire big year calendars that you can write on and I break it down into quarters. So I always look and say, okay, what, what are the important things? Like, what do I want to achieve and what will help me move the business forward in three months? And then how do I do that and setting up time and, and getting like breaking it down. And there's actually um, a planner. It's called this. I think it's a self journal which I just got, I've tried the bullet journal and which the bullet journal is not bad. It's okay. I have the five minute journal, but the self journal actually brings in the like five minute journal, the gratitude. It also brings in the bullet journaling piece because you can build it how you want. And then what I loved about it, which was awesome. And I didn't know it had this until I was just looking at journals the other week was it, it's only a 13 week journal. It's a 13 week thing. So like in the beginning, you set your goals, you set your three goals that you want to accomplish basically in, in a quarter. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is perfect. I love it. Because if I work in six months or 12 months, it's so far out that my brain can't grasp it. And so to me, I'm like, what can I do in these three months that are going to move it forward? So these three months, October, November, December is finally like transferring over to my entire new website and then breaking down, okay, what are the steps and things that I need to do in order for that to happen by the end of the end of the year? The second thing is 
setting in place and switching over from MailChimp to ConvertKit and setting up um, drip, drip campaigns for each of the personas that I have. Those are the two main goals. I didn't do a third goal because I'm like, eh, I think those two are going to be pretty, pretty decent given the holidays that I just focusing on those two goals. And if I can do that by the end of the year, then I know going into 2018, I can, I'm already setting the foundation. And so just allowing that to like set the goal, but then make you sure you have a vision as to where you want to go or what you want to do and why you're doing it. Yeah. I, uh, I think everybody's different. You know, it's funny because we talk about goal setting and some people will not think six months ahead. Um, I, I think about the next 10 years. I know it'll change definitely, but I know the general direction of where I want to go. And right. I specifically think about, okay, the next three months and the next looking in all next year and then kind of going that journey. But yeah, well, you just gotta have a direction. Yeah. I would say too, like piggyback on that, like have the direction and have the dream of what you want it to look like, like trying to think 10 years out and being specific of like, I want to make this much. And like you get into the weeds of it and then you exhaust yourself, but know like, okay, I'm 29. I'm going to, when I'm by the time I'm 39, what do I want my life to look like? Like, what do I want if there's kids or do we have rental properties? Where do I want my business? What do I want my daily yeah. life to look like? And let those emotions fuel you to continue moving down that path and getting there every quarter, every six months, like what, it, and doing, doing it that way. And then just making sure you're setting like specific goals of like, if you're going to launch a product, set a goal of like, how many people do I want to purchase? Okay. If I want that many people, then how do I back into it? And like, do it like the mini goals. I'm not sure exactly what I would call it, but like, yeah, I no, mean, it's mini yeah. It's starting with the mini goals towards the big ones, but sometimes people set, it's good to set really big goals, but you also got to have the mini goals that lead up to that big goal and, and being specific. I like to say like, Hey, if you want to get X amount of people there, what's your conversion? You might have to reach out to this many people. And based off of that, that's how many people are going to respond. I, I know Rob's laughing because I challenge him to reach out to X amount of people a day. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, it's setting them many goals. Amanda, it's, uh, it's been great having you. And I know that I'm excited for your keynote in December and hanging out and uh, with the whole live to grind crew and the rest of the people there. And uh, yeah, we appreciate everything you you've uh, shared with us tonight. And if, if you guys want to connect with Amanda too, I can share her contact info because I know Christina probably would want to connect with you. Uh, Christina. Hey, I just sent her a request on Facebook too. Yay. Yay. Just FYI, email me more than Facebook Messenger. I'm terrible at Facebook Messenger, so just that's a heads I'll up. I'll email you. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> thank, thank you so much, Amanda. I hope you, uh, I don't know if you're traveling or not, but enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you in December. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to meet you guys in person. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you, yeah. guys. See you, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Well, see you guys. that that was good. It's, she's somebody to reach out. I mean, she's definitely done podcasting here for a while now and she has a really big show. Um, Christina, I could see like, just I'm reach out. Yeah. I gotta say, because your story, I mean, she, it would be perfect because of your story, especially just an yeah. immigrant and everything. Um, yeah. Because it's hard to get on our show. Um, yeah. she's, she's got pretty strict guidelines, but just, I mean, we can help work with you to 
pitch your story. But uh, anyways, uh, so we are, it'll be another two weeks we connect. I, I got to think far ahead because I know some of you I'll be seeing at the premiere LA. On the fort in LA, um, be seeing you there in LA. And then I need to get, because it's going to be here before we know it. I need to start giving more details for the, the mastermind slash event in, in LA because we have the mastermind the day before, then we have the three day event and all of that. So over the next like month here, I'll start gathering that because I am on the road starting tomorrow, 34 days. Um, I'll be at a lot of different cities. So you guys, I'll post in the group. If you're in the cities, come hang out. Uh, but I know I'll be seeing some of you in LA and uh, don't forget to share Rob out this week because Rob is a motherfucking man. <laughs> Rob, I, I'm going to, I'm th I was thinking about my post today because I I'm really big on text messaging and I, I do a lot of sales through that, but also our, our daily motivation. So I'm going to basically share about how it's been so powerful for just our business through sending out and giving messages and stuff and how every business owner should be using your system um, for what you have to offer. So I'll do a straight out call out. I'll probably do it tomorrow. I want to, I want to post your video because I love it so much. Yeah. It turned out pretty good. So, <laughs> well, good. Um, um, I've got, I've got a story to tell you really quick since we're all on cause everybody could hear it at the same time. Saba's not on, is she? No, I was telling her, class. This, I was telling her this on Sunday. So you're going to laugh cause it's the first time that I've ever done this in my life. So I had, um, there's a national um, astrologer, they're called the Astro Twins. So yeah. a friend of mine recommended it, and I actually had my Zodiac chart read, um, like my birth chart, and it, I had it on Friday night, and as a part of it, I gave Linda's birth date, and Brandon, I gave your birth date as my mentor, and so oh we were going through everything and she told me, she's like, Linda and I have a very strong money line. Um, we're good business partners to go through this. And then she came on to you and she's like, huh? <laughs> she goes, let me tell you something. She goes, and I don't remember the details of exactly, but she's like, she, he has like six moons in, in Capricorn. And she goes, that is a rare thing to see. She goes, that is CEO material. <laughs> and she said, and she kept going on, and she's like, "This guy is very well connected, um, extremely like generous, loves to help people, loves to connect people, um, loves to see them succeed." And I'm like, hey, "Do you know him?" <laughs> <laughs> and I actually have it recorded. She sent me the recording, oh, and I downloaded. Oh, I gotta see this. It was hysterical. I'm literally like, "Are you sure you don't know him?" It was the funniest thing. So yeah. Where, so where was this girl from? Material, my dear. <laughs> where was this? Where was this girl from? It's called the Astro Twins. I waited three months for this appointment. Oh, I have to see this shit. So I literally sent my. I sent my it on the group, Christina. I Post should. Yeah. Shit to I sent my birthday. I love that stuff. Yeah, because you have to give them the time, the place, you know, all the details of your birth. Um, and then for the people, other people, you just give them. I, birthday because of you know it's it's you have it posted um and so i gave just gave her your birth date and she, from there she was like wow this is 
this it's is post, eerie. Post, it's post, crazy. Post that stuff in the group. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of it was pretty scary accurate. So it is. I've seen like psychics and mediums too, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Are you like filming me and following so me around? I've seen, I've seen people that do it and they're a joke, but then I one time had somebody that I'm good friends with, and they scared me. Like, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it, it was stunning. Was, they said things that only I would know. Like, she got to the point of like she picked out what my paint colors were in my place like she knew she's like it's like browns blues and whites and i'm like what the hell she had no idea i lived in florida nothing i mean it's like the weirdest thing ever so well we're gonna like, end on that one <laughs> so, i can't I wanted, wait to... i wanted to make your day <laughs> you figure that out from facebook pictures no Mm. I don't have well I don't have any pictures well she could from Florida yes could she pick out my place no she couldn't because I don't have any pictures on her Laura you don't believe in a deal I believe in science (laughs) I the thing that happened to me that was again my dad my parents don't believe it at all um but I had something happen to me where the person shared about uh, one of my good friends that died shared something only I would know and then they shared about my grandpa and some things that were really, it was weird. And I, I actually recorded this, by the way, what my experience was afterwards. This was a year and a half ago coming back. It was right after I actually met um, Mike Silvestri at a convention I spoke at. And it was like, it had to do with my grandpa and my, my dad. My dad didn't believe it, but I recorded. I should actually go back. But mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm open-minded. I don't know, but what she just told me, all I know is blew my fucking mind. Yeah, it was for entertainment value. But yeah, I think yeah. I think it's fun. I would do it, but I I wouldn't really base my life on it. Oh no, that was not. But the she, you, she was yeah. right on about me. <laughs> yeah. was right on about you. Was it a crazy? Thing? Oh, hey okay, guys. Well, hey, remember share out Rob. Um, and I will I will share more details soon about everything in LA. If you guys need anything, again, reach out, reach out. Like I've been talking to some of you more than others because you reach out. Like literally, if you have anything you need to talk about, I'll just jump on a call with you. Um, any way we can support you, help you, we're here. Uh, I want to uh, be able to help you in any way. And and Rob, if you need anything, anything with sales, I'll do that post, by the way. Um, you guys do their post too. But uh, if you need anything, reach out. That's what we're here for. And uh, I hope you guys have a good Tuesday night. and. It's about to get crazy. The road trip's coming. I'll be driving across the country. Mm-hmm. You guys want to come to one of the events? Mandy's putting on an event in Scottsdale on the 28th. And then I got one in a week in Salt Lake City, which will uh, – that'll be fun. Anyways, um, thank you all. Have a good night. We'll Thanks. see you later. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Again, if you're just starting out with your business and you need an accounting software that is simple and easy to use, check out FreshBooks at freshbooks.com forward slash she and enter in she did it her way in the how did you hear about us box. Thanks for tuning in to the she did it her way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out she did it her way podcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.